calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is Love's a Pitch, a podcast that's basically just old school personal ads, but in audio form and longer and with a host and more gay. I think when personal ads probably first existed, they were pretty straight, right? But also, I imagine that in more progressive cities, if you did have a gay one, you would be cleaning it up. But also, that'd be terrifying because safety. Anyway, I'm your host, Carolyn Bergier. Today's guest, our pitcher, is no stranger to podcasts, and I had a lot of fun getting the chance to dive deeper into her dating life and history, and I hope you enjoy learning more about her and all that good stuff, too. So let's just get right to it. West Coast cuties pay extra attention because pitching today is Los Angeles-based Lauren Flans. Hi. Oh, Hi. That already, just that intro made me so fiercely nervous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, should I not be? Are you not into cuties? I should have cleared. No, 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 you. no. Just okay, hearing okay. the words West Coast, Los Angeles based pitching, just all of that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's good because I feel like being anxious is, is a so significant part of my personality. So it's good that I'm like, in the zone. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, I think we should just get right into it. But first, uh, let our listeners know how you identify. Oh, sure. My pronouns are she, her. I still say gay. I'm one of those people who says gay instead of lesbian. I have no issues with the word lesbian, yeah. but gay is just what flows naturally out of my mouth. Uh, queer is also good, but I'm very like into specificity and not being misunderstood and people knowing exactly what I mean. So I do default to gay. And I'm a, I'm a cis woman as well. Cool. Are you ready? You have one to two minutes to tell our listeners why you're a catch. Holy crap. Yeah, I mean, let's do this. Okay, we're starting. I am funny. I'm a funny person. I will keep you entertained. Uh, speaking of entertained, I am self-entertaining. I am an only child, which I know is like a huge red flag for a lot of people and fair. But because of that, I'm very, uh, I'm super comfortable being uh, on my own autonomy, all that, all that good stuff. Uh, for that reason, I have also notably been single for a lot of my life. Some have called me picky, I prefer to think of it as selective and so comfortable on my own that I do not need to, you know, compromise things that are very important to me to find a partner. I would love to have a girlfriend. Do not get me wrong. That would be dope. 10 out of 10. Uh, but I'm also very cool and chill uh, being on my own. And so I have been for most of my life because, um, yeah, I don't know. It's got to I think if I were like younger and hipper, I might use words like demi-romantic to identify. I think I might be somewhere along that spectrum. Um, what else? I'm I'm a really good listener. <laughs> yep. um, I'm a volunteer for the LA LGBT Center. 
It's important to me to give back. I have a really cute dog. I know, like, everyone thinks their dog is cute. My dog is legitimately, like, really, really cute. I think I'm pretty smart. Are people into that? <laughs> I feel like that's kind of... I'm like a writer-actor, but if I'm being honest, I'm pulling away from that. So if you think that's cool, hey, I'm a writer-actor. If you're like, absolutely not, guess what? I'm kind of leaving that whole thing. So either way you win. Yeah, I guess, I don't know. I mean, I think we got across some important points. Funny, smart, cute dog, kind. Yeah. There's a lot of places we can go with this. First, though, you're you're pulling away from acting and writing. Do you know what you're pulling toward? I'm like trying to choose my words carefully because it's not. I've been volunteering for the for the center for the LA LGBT Center. I facilitate their social groups. So like I, it's it's like moderating, but we call it facilitating. And I've been doing that for like just over. I think I just hit five years this month. And it was put out to me a while ago. I was sort of asked, like, hey, is this ever something you'd be interested in doing, like, as a job? And I kind of not fully surprised myself because I talked it over with my therapist. Ooh, that's another guy. I should have said this in my pitch. I've been in therapy for, like, at least a decade. So there you go. But anyway, so I'd sort of been, like, talking about stuff like that to my therapist about like, am I looking to maybe make a big shift in my life? But they asked me if I'd ever be interested in like an actual position. And I was like, yeah, I would. And so nothing has happened yet. I have not been like offered a position. It's like, I'm maybe I'm just gonna be one of those people who like works in nonprofit. I don't know. It sounds so fucking crazy. I literally only ever thought I'd do like creative acting writing stuff for my whole life so this is like it's a big shift (laughs) if it happens yeah i mean then maybe i shouldn't ask this follow-up question but i'm kind of curious do you ever meet potential dates through the center or is that something that you're not supposed to do listen no it's it's totally fine within like co-working and i did there was this other there was this girl facilitating um, oh, also, I should clarify, I say girl all the time. Like, I should say, like, woman or something, but I just, like, don't. So please excuse my very, like, I will refer to everyone as a girl, and I apologize for that. But there was this uh, woman who was a facilitator when I first came in, and I, like, really, really liked her. And we went on, I think, like, two dates, and then she moved! to san francisco to go to grad school so it was like right when i met her uh she was like i'm moving in a month and a half and i was like so we went on a couple dates um and other than that i don't think i've ever met anyone through the center but i certainly could in terms of participants in the group that's where it's like a hard line for like hey don't date people who (laughs) you're facilitating you know, emotional and vulnerable conversations for. But I imagine so. that some of them probably have crushes on it, like like the therapy thing, how some people... Transfer or whatever it's called. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or also, yeah, that and also just because I'm so charismatic and charming. Um, There have... I have had a couple of reach outs in that regard and you just... Or I just always say like... I'm so flattered. The center has a policy for their volunteers that uh, we're not meant to socialize outside of the groups with participants. But I think you're great. Hope to see you in group. Like, so I, I have like a, a thing that I yeah that I say. That's a great policy to have. It's a good policy. It's also, I mean, it's inevitable that like you you see participants on dating apps. You just do. That's the dating pool. You right. know what I mean? So like, it's gonna happen. Have you ever seen those posts on dating apps that are like somebody's a therapist and then they have a disclaimer that's like, if you're my client <gasps> and you want to talk about seeing this in your session, we can do that? No, but wow, I love that. That's so modern. If I came across my therapist, I mean, I assume she's straight, but I would I would scream I would scream. I know nothing about her and I want to keep it that way. Jump off a cliff. Yeah. yeah. Just an absolute nightmare. 
My therapist is in her, like, I assume 60s. She is a wonderful, straight white woman with three kids. And I'm like, yes, walk that middle road. I love it. Hear about all my weird outside the box shit that you can handle because (laughs) you're just like very normal. Um, But I did. Wait, this is great. My last building that I lived in, I did not know this. Until I moved it. I maybe had like a sort of an inkling when we did the walkthrough tour, but my building manager was queer and very cute. But I I lived on the second floor and she lived on the first floor. So every time I I think it was the her app, she would always pop up first if she was online at the same time because our proximity was oh like my 30 gosh. feet. <laughs> so I'd always have to get off the app super I'd be like, ah fuck, 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 fuck. I don't want her to know this much about my life. But it was Oh, funny. So, yeah, that's the closest I've come to an awkward, like, you don't need to know business situation. (laughs) And and that's another thing. uh, You're a podcaster. I am a podcaster. Yes. Tell the listeners about your podcast. I sure will. So I have a podcast. I co-host a podcast called Coming Out with Lauren and Nicole. It is a queer coming out podcast. And basically, uh, folks come on and they tell Nicole and I their coming out stories. And in the past couple of years, we have broadened sort of, which I'm sure you, you know, when you do a podcast for a very long time, at some point you're like, what if we we'll spice it up a little? So we still Yeah, are, this is going to turn into a Satan worship podcast any, any day now. We're, just... we're halfway there already. But basically, <laughs> coming out stories are still our bread and butter, like the bulk of most of our episodes. But we typically first half coming out story and then we kind of segue into just all things queer and queer adjacent and anything the guest would like to talk about, anything that's currently going on. But we wanted to give ourselves more space to just be like a more generalized queer podcast, unless the guest has a coming out story that is like fucking off to the races, like very, you know, like, oh, we've never heard anything like this. Then sometimes we'll still have episodes that are like an hour plus right. of just the story. But usually we're talking more queer stuff in general. And we've also started doing more kind of like specialized episodes where, for example, when the latest uh, Dave Chappelle episode came out, we did a whole episode just talking about that. So just if there's like a big thing or or I, a better example, we just dropped our uh, Black Queer History episode because we're like, it's Black History Month. We're going to do an episode on slightly more under the radar Black queer figures who we uh, personally kind of like really like and feel like more people should know so we're we're giving ourselves more leeway <laughs> than just coming out stories so is it an episode about oprah yeah it's exclusively about oprah about oprah um, and gail and, gail. and their mm-hmm. love story it's a whole yeah. episode it's three and a half hours they don't long, talk so about it enough it in queer history <laughs> no. <laughs> no. contacted her never got a reply but we're hopeful <laughs> we're hopeful Listeners, uh, it is a great podcast. I really enjoy. You've been on it and you co-hosted with me when Nicole was on Pregnancy Leave. Yes, yes. Uh, so much fun. It really is a fun podcast. Now, I bring that up because two things. And just because I, I've dealt with this is like if you're going on a date, do you hope that they haven't listened to you on the podcast? And then also when you're on an app, do you check to see if the person knows who you are just to make sure they're not like an avid listener? These are very good questions. I'm not currently on the apps, but in the past, I mean, God bless you for thinking that we are prominent enough that that would be (laughs) like a concern for me. I've never really, uh, that hasn't really like occurred to me as a thing. And also, I'll be honest, like, I actually think it would be cool if someone was a listener, because I think that I don't mind somebody having a sense of who I am before going on a date. It's not like a requirement. Like, I'm totally fine with fix-ups where somebody knows nothing about me or back when I was on the apps, like, just stuff like that. But I never mind it if someone has a little more intel because I am very, like, I tend to be over-confessional. I mean, look, I said within, like, five seconds of this episode that I'm an anxious person. Like that's how I roll. <laughs> like I, I will just sort of like say information about myself because I feel it's important for people to know <laughs> the kind of person who I am. So if someone has listened to like the main thing in my life that I do and talk on, like that's, that's gravy. Like, yeah, 
I'm all for that. But again, not a requirement by any means. <laughs> that makes me wonder how much, if you're meeting someone, let's say, off the apps, how much research do you try to do sure. into them beforehand? Do you like to know nothing or are you like on their LinkedIn? I'm not savvy enough to, I've done that a couple times for people if it's like if they put their instagram or something i'm obviously gonna look at the stuff they put there i'm not like a purist (laughs) in that respect but i'm not really my detective skills are not good enough that like without a last name i can sort of like really squirrel out anybody i've certainly i've poked around i think i find a middle ground i poke around i think that's more deciding if the god this is how (laughs) This is how I work. I think that's more deciding if I'm going to match them or not, as opposed to like before an actual date. So like if that process is going into work, it's just me deciding, (laughs) which I think is why I say I would maybe identify somewhere on the demi spectrum if I were if I were in search of more labels like no one should put that much work into just swiping. But I do. Yeah. Well, you said that you are very um, selective. Yeah, yeah. What do you think is a really, like, maybe the smallest or pettiest reason that you've stopped seeing someone? Oh, that's a great... Not that it has to be petty, like, if, but if there was something, yeah. And, you know, this is where I should mention. So I was on an episode of Diking Out a, a while ago that was called Bad Lesbian because it's all about how I am not very good at being a lesbian. And one of the things, one of my things that I am not a good lesbian about is I don't think astrology is real. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. It is hard to move in these circles uh, with that belief. But I do remember one time, and this was a fix-up, not from an app. So it was like Mm -hmm. we had, uh, had a mutual friend. And the friend was closer to the girl I was being fixed up with than she was to me. But this girl, who was lovely and funny and smart and great, and successful and they were a cool person it just like wasn't a romantic match which i knew pretty quickly into it but i do remember that like they were a little late whatever it's la everyone is fucking late everywhere traffic is a nightmare and there's no parking but she came in and she was like she said something like i'm so sorry i'm late like oh god such an aquarius like so easy breezy with it and i was just like and it's not just the mention of astrology. It's just like, no, that's not why you were late. Like, you're not right. late because you were an Aquarius. <laughs> you're late because this is a low stakes fix up and you didn't care super right. bad. And that's okay. Like, let's be let's like, you weren't late because you're an Aquarius. <laughs> just like, if people have fun with astrology, it's like, fine. Godspeed, God bless. But when people sure. are leaning on it for personality traits and in many cases, like, just like actual emotional like things in their life it's like i gotta draw a hard line as someone who is a big fan of therapy no that's not why you are the way you are it just isn't right so that that's my i guess petty just troublesome within our community uh sticking point (laughs) i just alienated 40 percent of the audience easily Easily. That's good though. That that's the forty percent that it's not going to work out. It's not. It's not the, yeah, out. we're not a match. They're not going to like me. They're not going to like me. You can shop from anywhere, doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. 
It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's talk about therapy a little bit. Something that I've been talking about some of my friends with lately is this feeling that therapy has gone too far. Now, I'm someone who's in therapy three times a week, which might be evidence that therapy has gone. Yeah, I I go by myself twice and then couples once. And honestly, I don't have like like you would think that I have some pretty serious trauma um, in my background. I don't. No, I just just think you got that money. I think you're doing well. (laughs) My, My wife has good health insurance. Yeah, it's a very small copay. I'm lucky. I'm fitting in all the therapy while she has this job. Bank right. it. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I'm just... Mm-hmm. Bank it up. <laughs> You're hoarding therapy. I love it. I fucking love it. <laughs> but I do feel... I do feel like sometimes it's gone too far in a way that I feel like it can almost be... I don't know, weaponized is maybe like too extreme of a word. 100% agree. I totally agree with you. Yep. I feel like people are assholes and they chalk it up to boundaries. Mm-hmm. And I believe in boundaries mm-hmm. and I think boundaries are great. But I've just seen too many people. And for me, like in friendship, like I had somebody who was a very, very close friend of mine. And there was like a sticky situation and they didn't want to be involved in it it's basically like they put themselves in a position where they were kind of like responsible for for something it it was like a friend but i did comedy stuff with them and then they're like i don't want to be involved in this but i'm like but that's kind of your role and then they're like i asked you to respect this boundary and you couldn't i'm like but it was literally your job Same thing happens with self-care, with the concept of self-care has kind of turned a corner where it's like, "Mm, that's not self-care, that's negligence that you're calling. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. The I I think part of the blame for that is platforms like Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, like stuff like that, where it's kind of Yeah. I mean, this is a thing also with words like toxic and gaslighting, which are words that we need because we need them for situations for which they are accurate. But when that shit gets sort of (laughs) spread, watered down so much to the point, like a lot of times people are like gaslighting and I'm like, no, that's lying. Like gaslighting is a specific thing. And like toxic, it's like, no, 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 you misspoke. You mean shitty. Like these are different. So I do think, and, and I should say that um, I do kind of pride myself on like, so I, I've i been in therapy for a very long time, but I actively like, I, I, I work at it. Like I'm really trying and I do feel like I have, it, it's, it's not just like you go and it's like, check, like you got to work on that shit outside of therapy. Right. And like, you got to like really, right. and I do think that some people are not necessarily doing that part of it. Right. I'm very big on self-awareness. I feel like I've probably even said that phrase previously since we've been talking. But like, yeah, I think the thing that freaks me out the most about like, especially people who are like checking all the boxes is like when people have a lack of self-awareness, I'm like, that just like really, really creeps me out because I feel like I just like can't get a bead on what they're 
their deal is. And yeah. I do think that some people are using like the machinations of therapy and all that stuff, but yes. are just still walking around not knowing themselves and wreaking havoc. Right. So yeah. Right. They know the vocab. They yes. they follow the Instagram accounts yep. and So they can fool you initially, especially right. if you're not if you're sort of like, I like this person. Yeah. Then it's like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I have had yeah, I have had that happen. So yeah. Yeah. Try to watch out for that. <laughs> Let me know if this is too personal a question, but what do you think therapy has helped you the most with? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, I think a big thing, it's like such a cheesy answer, but like it's helped me with parent stuff and like letting go of, I think my relationship with my parents has gotten a lot better and being like, okay, I do think I can trace some things to my upbringing stuff, but see again, okay, so that's part one. And then part two is like, being able to like let go of that and not blame everything on it and like even if like a certified adult is sitting across from me going yes your parents fucked you up in this way the goal isn't to be like aha now I can use this for the rest of my life for like everything (laughs) I'm shitty and like then the goal is like okay how do I like work through that and let go of it and still love these people and not let it affect my life moving forward because I have that awareness of what it is. So I think that in that respect, it's been, it's been really helpful. Um, and just on like a personal or on a dating level, cause I, we talk about relationship stuff and like, I talk about how I'm like, you know, not with somebody and haven't been for a really long time. And I'm constantly like, am I a sociopath? Like, am I, am I like a Cylon? Like, why am I okay? Like being alone and I see other people not. So I think in that respect, it's just, she has helped me really sort of understand how I function, how I function on my own, what I'm looking for, but what I don't, what I might want, but not necessarily need and has made me feel comfortable. I used to bristle a lot when friends would be like, you're going to have to like, I don't know if they ever actually said lower your standards, but they would say like something along those lines, like Lauren, if you want to be in a relationship, then you're going to have to like, like lower your standards or like stop being so picky or like blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, 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 you have to do that if you want to be in a relationship very much. For me, I would love to be in a relationship, but it is not like super high up on my list of needs in my life. So I actually don't have to compromise or lower my standards or blah, 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 unless it becomes a thing that is incredibly important for me to have. So that was a very... Patty, my therapist, shout out to Patty, says it better than that. But like, she has gotten me to understand like... I'm not single because I'm some weird, like, like misanthrope or whatever. It's just because it's not. Yeah. yeah it's like it's got to fit into what I guess I'm I'm looking for. It's got to be somebody, not somebody. Ooh, I just quoted Stephen Sondheim. <laughs> is that is that a good selling point? <laughs> Always in my book. Uh, <laughs> so what are you looking for? What What's your... ideal vision of of a girlfriend i think um oh god damn it rachel vice as i said in my i filled out my sheet (laughs) and i was like rachel vice or the girl who plays shelby on the wilds but outside of those two the older i get the more it really does become important to me that someone is kind like and i feel that feels so like like saying it but it really is like because there's a lot of things that are important, but I think some of the things that I am attracted to do not necessarily go hand in hand with the person who is kind, <laughs> um, because I could definitely be attracted to sort of like a dynamic, like very like charismatic and like sort of balancing out my like 
uh, how do I say this? You're into narcissists? What? <laughs> oh, God, I hope not, but kind of a little, probably. And I'm again, I think that's also why I've been single for so long, is I, I identified patterns of what I'm attracted to and the people I was getting involved with. And it was like, okay, Lauren, until you sort this shit out, you're not dating anymore because you are doing the same things. I am attracted to, yeah, very dynamic people, but who... A lot of that is is self-focus and, and less self-awareness and more just like self, 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 self. And so I think I had to identify that and be like, well, I can't I can't flip a switch and not be attracted to that anymore. What I can flip a switch on is not getting involved with that anymore. So I think as I work through that and I am finding more and more that that, thank God, is becoming like kind of more of a turn off when I encounter it, then like, a, let me run towards that at full speed. And going hand in hand with that is me realizing like, oh, I really do need someone who is fundamentally a kind person. I would love that to be wrapped in like a snarky, dynamic, charismatic package. But the core of it is, is just got to be a real kindness and heart there. Um yeah, and I and for the people who I have dated, I do think because one of them I'm actually I, I became very close to friendship wise during the pandemic, and it, and I knew this as I was dating her. I just I I got her too early. I was young, and she was younger than me, and it was like I I think sometimes I see the potential in somebody that isn't there yet, and it's like mm. now she is that fully realized potential. She's also got two kids and a whole life now. You know what I mean? But it's like, <laughs> but I saw that in her when she was like 23, 24. And it's just, she wasn't there yet. And so we had a very sort right. of, uh, yeah. And so I think um, that's a nice way of me framing it is like, I'm so giving that I see the best in people and I date them before they've achieved that best and they still kind of suck. So, <laughs> so Yeah. Um, this is a good time to mention. I also definitely, I've worked on this a lot, but I used to get involved predominantly with straight or in quotes, straight women. So that's something I've had to work on a lot. And I also tend to be attracted to people who are younger than me, often significantly, which Patty has gone over with me as well, which has to do with all kinds of <laughs> arrested development shit or like where, you you know, it's all fucking it's all there's right, all right. reasons for this. So I could identify it again. It doesn't mean I can stop feeling it, but I've at least stopped being like, let's go for that. Yeah. I'm trying to get more of a handle on my whole deal. I don't want a Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio out here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I feel like in L.A. it's hard to know how old anybody is. That's the other thing. And people tend to, <laughs> because of the career path that like I, I was in, still sort of am in, whatever, people think that I'm younger than I am. And so it's, and I, I never lie about my age, but I definitely don't like necessarily volunteer it. And I think my lifestyle right. is younger than most because right. like, and the people I hang out with the same day, like I have very few friends who have kids. And that is, yeah. like, not super common. I don't even have that many friends who are married. So I'm sort of living, and I'm encountering younger people. So that's sort of, like, the pool I'm looking from. But the danger with that is then it's like, oh, these are people who are near the beginning of their journey. And that is not necessarily conducive to all the things that I've been talking about that I've realized I need or, like, I'm kind of further along on. So... See how I said I was over-confessional? I feel like I've just, like, said so much stuff where it's like, you don't need to say that, Lauren. But I did. And now it exists forever. <laughs> I know there's a term for it, but there there are academic studies that are, like, the most successful job candidates are the ones that you're the most real with during the interview. Oh, great. So, like, it, like if a, if a job is, like, holding back parts of the job are like misrepresenting it that person doesn't stay at the job for for that long but if they're fully transparent and give too much information that person the the candidate the applicant stays around for a while so i think and it will be a job to date me let's be yeah? very clear about this so it's good what are your quirks what are my quirks jesus have have they not all been apparent during this one <laughs> um, <laughs> um I do. I think I have a really weird 
combination of anxiety and chillness. I know that sounds so bizarre, but I think like I definitely have anxiety. I take anxiety meds like I have anxiety, but I think I I can also have a weird full spectrum opposite of that that is sort of like very chill and laid back. And it's those things operate bizarrely together, I think. Uh, So good luck negotiating that paradox. I'm trying to think. I'm like, what have exes accused me of? Oh, I definitely have. um, I have a fixer personality. So I said I'm a good listener. I am. But I need to I need to remember also while I'm facilitating groups for the LA LGBT Center, I sometimes need to be reminded that sometimes people just want to be heard and they just want you to listen and validate them. And you don't always need to try to fix what their issue is yeah yeah and so i don't i definitely in the past have had girlfriends be like can you just like slow down like i'm just like expressing (laughs) a feeling you don't need to present like three (laughs) solutions that you thought of while i was talking um so right (laughs) i think i'm sure that's irritating i should write this down for myself somewhere just to remind me to work on that (laughs) (laughs) it's hard right it's hard you want to be helpful right right I'll say one quirk that's like a very modern day circumstantial quirk right now is I am I am part of the teen, teeny tiny minority that is still really, really COVID conscious. So I'm still like only doing stuff masked and like outside and stuff like that, which I know is rare. So I'm still doing a ton of stuff virtually. And like, that's also I mean, that's part of why I haven't been dating as well. Although I think I still I, I, I take big big long breaks from the app. So I don't know how much that is part of it. But one of the reasons I did, I was on them for a little bit. And then I was like, what am I like, I'm not going to like meet up with anybody in a bar. Like, what am I doing? What's the point of this? So yeah, so I should be candid about that. I think that's worth talking about. And then just like my dog is probably always going to be number one. Let's be real. So you got to be okay with that. You're going to be competing with Piero. I had a question that was a hypothetical situation. You meet your dream woman. Mm-hmm. Your dog doesn't like her. Oh, that would be that. That he it would never it would never happen. He's a prince. He's a ball of light. He if he didn't like somebody, then that would mean like they have a black heart, and he would yeah. be trying to protect me. So <laughs> I think we're okay. <laughs> What if she doesn't like him? Oh, fuck her. No, no, no. That That's a deal. But no, no, no. I was once dating. I had, before Piero, I had a bunny. He was beautiful and perfect. And I had the girl I was dating at the time. She came over once and she was like, she wasn't like, fuck this bunny. But she was like, not really impressed by the bunny. And looking, in retrospect, I was like, God, that's when I should have known. That's when I should have known. She should have been head over heels for this bunny she should have been like my god i am a changed woman and she was just like oh he's cute no fuck get the i should have been like out that's a red flag so if anyone doesn't love my dog uh, that that will be a problem what's the longest you've been in a relationship with somebody yeah this is another probably like red flaggy thing like uh like a year and a half okay not crazy long that's significant yeah I mean, in lesbian years, that's really long. Oh, but also, see, I've never I've never lived with someone. I've definitely done the thing where it's like we're at each other's places all the time, but I've never officially lived with somebody, um, which is also highly unusual. I mean, I think those are both good things. I agree. Yeah, I don't think they're I should I should I kind of joke. I don't think they're red flags. I think that people perceive them as such when you like haven't had many relationships haven't had long relationships i do think for me it's that i i know myself very well i know what i'm looking for i've said like a thousand times already just in the time we've been talking it's not super necessary for me to be with somebody so i think that there are reasons that are actually healthy for all the things i'm saying but i do know that they are very uncommon not just for someone in my age range, but also in our community specifically of queer female identifying folks. These are uncommon traits. So, yeah, I mean, I think when people move in together, sometimes then if they should break up, they don't break up and they stay together longer than they should because moving and having to find a, a place to live like that is such 
a horrible process that people will avoid at all costs. And then also you could look at it as, okay, a year and a half, like they say, you fail fast. Like if something's not going to work out, you're not going to drag it out longer than it needs to. I really will not. Yeah. Yeah. But counter to that. Bring it. Drag me. Do you think maybe you bail on things too soon? No, I think maybe I disallow the possibility of things existing, but Mm. I don't think I have ever bailed on an existing situation uh, too soon. Does that make sense? So I think I could write people off just because I know very quickly what I'm attracted to and what I feel like a click with. Which is so hard in terms of like if it's like an app or a setup or somebody who you're not going to see around. Because I do think there's a world where it's like I might be like, nah, and then later be like, oh, wait, if that person hung around in my life. But that hasn't really happened in the situations. It's like I've never seen I've been on a lot of first date app dates. I'll put it that way. And then it was like, haven't yeah. seen those people again. So who knows? Yeah. So I think I make very kind of quick judgments in that moment and those are people who maybe there could have been something with if we'd like run into each other later or something but that just hasn't happened in my in my experience have you ever gone on a date with somebody and you were really feeling it and you're like oh my gosh we have a connection and then you don't hear from them again or like something that was like where something ended in a way that really left you scratching your head yeah, definitely. So the first update I ever went on, I wasn't like, oh, my God, I love this person. But I, d- I really thought there would be a second date. And they never texted me back after my charming post-date text. So that was when I was like, oh, this is what app dating is. <laughs> like, oh, I see. <laughs> so that was like a yeah. good first introduction to it. Because I wasn't, again, I wasn't head over heels, but I was like, yeah, I'd try this again. And they were like, no. Yeah. And I was like, oh, interesting. (laughs) So you didn't hear back at all? Or did they say? No, you know what? It was like we hugged a goodbye or whatever. And this was like a midday, um, like coffee date, which I think have since learned, like back when I was like doing apps more regularly, I was like, I want to usually go for like an evening, have a drink thing. That just sort of makes me more comfortable and I think sets a more like you can tell if there might be a spark there than like you can when there's like daylight and coffee like I don't know that's yeah. just like but at the time it I was like networking yeah. yes yes but at the time like she had swiped on me first and so she had suggested like and I was like yeah sure um and we had like hugged goodbye or whatever and she'd been like yeah you know I'm around and I thought that that was like like oh I'm around like whatever and that was a brush off <laughs> I learned because I texted her, you know, like, like had a had a fun time. Here's a funny inside joke about a thing we talked about and just like never heard back, which for the record, I think is fine. I don't think that's ghosting. I feel like people are throwing the word ghosting around the same way we were talking about words like boundaries and gaslighting and stuff like that. Like, I'm like, that's not ghosting. Like, she just she didn't text. What? She's got to send me a text being like, ha ha to that inside joke. I'm not interested in seeing it. Like, whatever. I when someone asks me out, I always send a thing because, again, I'm fucking over confessional and super transparent and like blah, blah, blah. But I don't get mad when other people don't do it. I just want to go on record saying that because I feel like we're playing pretty fast and loose with the term ghosting, which is shitty when it's done authentically. But like that she didn't know. Right. She didn't owe me a follow up text. (laughs) Like it was fine. And I'm trying to think if there's ever been a thing where I've been, like, really, really into somebody and they were like, that's a no from me. That's definitely happened countless times before it's gotten to, like, a date as an unrequited interest slash crushes. But I don't think there's ever been, like, a dating situation where I've been, like, I mean, kind of that girl who moved to San Francisco because I was like, let's just, like fast track this shit for the next month and a half like let's have fun and she was like i'm packing or like she she just like we went on two dates that i thought were like really fun and great and then she just sort of like but like she was moving i'm not you know i don't know i have zero issue with asking people out i ask people out all the time 
I've left my number for like bartenders and waitress and servers when I feel like there's maybe a vibe. Like I'm just like, fuck it. I'm not like a shy in that respect person. So you get rejected a lot when you do that. And you, and that's fine. You're okay with rejection. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Like that's just like if you're gonna put yourself out there a lot, like surely by numbers you will get rejected a lot. And like so I've definitely like asked people out and like not had them reply or like if I'm like DMing or something. Oh, you just reminded me of one. Okay, right before the pandemic, I went on a date with somebody I really liked and I thought it went pretty well. And then she I mean, she had a pandemic to lean back on, which was convenient as fuck. Like, literally the whole city shut down. But it became clear that she was not interested. And that did that really bummed me out. Because I don't, yeah. re- I don't like, really kind of, like, like people that often. And I did, like, really like her. And I was like, this could be a thing. And she was like, she did not ghost me. She swerved me, I think is what the kids say. Where, like, I wrote a text... That was like kind of long. And one of the things that I said was like, hey, the whole city shut down. That's weird. I'd love to keep like chatting or flirting from six feet away or like I don't, like something like that. And she replied to like every other part of the text except that. But like she just which I think is like a very um... decent and clear way of being like, I am not interested in this, but I am being polite. I am maintaining a friendship like blah, blah, blah. So that one did that one hurt me. Wow. You dredged that up. I'd forgotten about that. That's a good one. I think we got a lot of good information out there. You got a lot of information. I'm not sure if it's good, but like, I feel (laughs) like there's a, anyone who has listened to this probably has a pretty clear idea. (laughs) So who do you want to reach out to you? What, if somebody's listening or they have a friend? Oh, hell uh, yeah. Who who should slide into your DMs? Anyone who would, who kind of liked what they heard or is at least like intrigued. And wants to, like, chat a little bit. I move pretty slowly, which, again, I think is why I feel out of step a lot of the times with the with the female-identified queer community. And as I said, I'm still, they'd have to be chill with the COVID-conscious thing. But for that reason, I'm also totally open to, like, people who live whatever, because it's, you know, wherever. Because whatever, if we're just going to be chatting or doing virtual stuff, at least for a while, then I'm cool with that. Yeah, anyone, anyone who's interested is peaked and wants to know more. And how should people reach you? Should it be over Instagram or? I will say the absolute best way to get a sense of me, even better than my podcast, is my Twitter. Yes. So if people are on Twitter, that's like, I mean, that's me. Like, I make it funnier or more whatever but it's it's very close to my actual real life and how i speak and how i think um so i'm at lauren flans on twitter so that's a great way to reach out but i know and respect that a lot of people aren't on twitter so yeah i definitely uh i check my i get all my instagram messages i will see it if someone messages me on instagram my instagram is exclusively my dog which is a great time it's like check out my instagram it's just you will not get a sense of me you will get a very clear picture of piero and so I'm Lauren underscore Flans on Instagram because some son of a bitch took Lauren Flans. If you're interested, but you don't know if you want to write me, then I guess listen to I'd love people to check out the podcast anyway, even if you're like, wow, I would never date this person. Still listen to the podcast. <laughs> it's really good. And Nicole, my co-host, yes. is very different from me. So like, we have a really good dynamic in terms of we cover the bases and our guests are great. So we are at Coming Out Pod everywhere, comingoutpod.com. Yeah, and I would love people, I would love your audience to listen because I really think they would enjoy it. I'm really proud of what we do with it. Um, and I think yeah. they would too. Yeah, and it'll also introduce that a lot of our guests are single and looking and they give their information. So if you're like, absolutely not with me, listen to my podcast and find some people <laughs> who you'll be like, yes, please. Can I shout out one more thing? Yeah. It's looking like probably nothing will happen with this, as is the case with many, like, self-produced pilots. But with some friends, we shot, like, a pilot presentation called Butch Pal for the Straight Gal that is, like, a Queer Eye parody. 
And I have a lot of trouble watching things I've been in, but I just think this came out so... I think it's so funny. Everyone in it, all the people playing queer are queer, which was important to uh, my friend Allie, who wrote the script and who was also in it. Dot Marie Jones plays my love interest, which is like from Glee, which yep. is like really funny and cool. And I just... I think it's like so funny. It's not like a great way to get to know me because I'm playing a character. And also, I will say... I look better than I do in the pilot because I play like crunchy granola lesbian. So I wasn't, I had no makeup or hair, you guys. So I'm cuter than, than I am in the pilot. But it's really funny and it's really good. It's on the Roku channel. You don't need a Roku. The Roku channel is the name of the app. It's like Apple TV or Hulu or whatever. Uh, and you just search Butch Pal for the straight gal. Um, and I just think people, I think your audience would get a real kick out of it. So that's my final plug. Definitely. Lauren, this has been so fun. This was really fun. Uh, I feel like I was like a neurotic little neurosis. Not at all. Ball. Okay, great. No. <laughs> yeah. I love getting the chance to talk to Lauren, just an all-around cool person who does so much good for the queer community, and I would love for her to find a girlfriend who is equally or somehow more amazing. Uh, and if that's not you or a friend of yours or an enemy of yours, I'm really obsessed with calling out enemies, but I do think we should keep our enemies close. Anyway, uh, you should give her a follow and listen to her pod regardless. Thank you for listening to this episode and this podcast. Please follow me on Instagram at TGI Carolyn and follow the pod account at loves a pitch there you'll see clips and images of all these amazing people who are really putting themselves out there for you week after week and if you want to support the podcast support me help me keep this going so we can make more connections you can go to patreon.com slash loves a pitch there's all sorts of goodies and benefits you get by becoming part of the patron community over there uh, very very important if you can't do that please 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 go and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Give it five stars. Write a nice review if you can. Uh, this podcast is produced and edited by Caitlin White, and the music is by Velico. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you'll be back next week, and in the meantime, I'm going to be plotting my plan to be a true bicoastal dyke. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.